0: and how to register. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rev. Rachel Harrison, and this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching and spiritual counseling. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform. Just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together, we can do the work that will recover our souls. Hello, and welcome back to my regular listeners. And if you are new, I'm glad you're here. In the last couple episodes, I talked about a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And so I wanted to touch base on The Four Agreements, because for me, this book, which came out in 1997, was one of those transformational books. And he talked about how we sort of set up for ourselves this dream, these agreements that we have that are actually against us. And part of that is the conditioning that we have when we grow up and the rules. And it's similar to the conversation we had about the judge that we have to learn these rules. We kind of have to learn how to do this living with the context of other people in society. And yet those rules keep us small And we need to learn how to move outside of that piece of us that's holding us back. As a matter of fact, on the back of the book, he says that if we can let go of our self-limiting beliefs, that they rob us of joy and create needless suffering. And what I love about that is that it goes right along the lessons and the conversations that we have in Recover Your Soul about soul recovery and that it isn't necessarily the world around us that we can control. So what do we have control of? We have control of ourselves. We have control of our own thinking. We have control of our own perceptions. We have control of our own actions and reactions. And so the more soul recovery work that we do to try to honor and hold that space where we are turning inward we're doing the work on us. And in that, it's pretty amazing what happens on the outside, that people around us begin to respond to us differently, that situations come about that are easier, that what we're setting up for ourselves is a softer, kinder, more gentle way to live. And these four simple agreements in this book, are great reminders of how to do that. And again, they're so sort of easily stated and not necessarily easy to do. And as I've said before, I have not mastered any of the soul recovery tools yet. I speak to you partially because I'm speaking to myself and that I'm working on all these things on a daily basis. And sometimes I do a pretty good job. Sometimes I've actually gotten better at some of these tools. And sometimes I am just falling down and having to pick myself up and remind myself that every day is a new day, that every moment is actually a fresh moment. And I can start again, I can start anew. And I know that there are definitely times when I just feel like my boat is rocked. And I feel completely out of control, that my life feels really unmanageable, that I'm really, really suffering. But those times are shorter and shorter and shorter, and it's easier for me to recognize what's going on and to reach down and grab one of these tools. So I want to offer you some tools today, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. The first agreement says Be oh, I'm okay. I'll tell you all the agreements, and then I'll go through them individually. So the four agreements are: be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. And actually, before I go into those, I have a story to tell, which is that when the kids were little, I'm going to say like maybe five and seven. We had gone on a trip to California, which is where my husband's family's from. And luckily, we had been able to take them to Disneyland uh, a couple times. But I think this was maybe like this only the second or third time uh, that we had ever been to Disneyland. And we were very excited, of course, to take them to Disneyland. And I had a childhood friend who I had come in contact with again. Who we decided be fun to meet and take our kids who were similar ages to Disneyland. And I hadn't seen her since I was a little girl. And when we were there, it was a very difficult situation to be in with the way that they interacted with each other. And we had not behaved, we we weren't like that, you know, like for all the dysfunction that I've told you about in our lives, there was also all this real deep love and greatness. And especially when the kids were little, we just wanted to fill them up with as much pure joy as we could. And the situation was complex and uncomfortable enough that the kids said something about it when we were away from them and were asking questions like, Why did they talk to each other like that? Why did the kids talk to their mom and dad like that? Why did the dad talk to the kids like that? And I could just feel how painful the dynamics were in that family. And I had recently read this book, and although it came out in 1997, and was probably a few years old at that point, I had just come across it. And so we decided that we were going to make the rules for our family, Based on Don Miguel Ruiz's rules, the four agreements. And I looked all over the house and I even called my oldest son and asked him if he remembers what these five agreements were. And we can only remember three of them. And they were always do your best. Always tell the truth. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And there was the other ones were probably, you know, um, be kind to each other. And, um, yeah, that was who knows what they were, but they really helped us have a foundation. And when I was just talking to my son, he said, I can't pull them all up, but I remember those were our guidelines. Those were our kind of go to that when life was really not going well, or we weren't being kind to each other, that you would go up to the wall and point out the five agreements and, and remind us. Which ones we needed to do a better job at. And that as a family, we needed to do a better job at these. So let's go over the four agreements. So the first one is be impeccable with your word. And inside the little cover, he says, speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Doesn't this go along with what we've been talking about in recover your soul? Doesn't it go along with the conversation that we had about the ego, and how the ego can be this voice that is not only hard on ourselves, but it's hard on other people. And so this really speaks to that. Clearly, be impeccable with your word. Be mindful of the energy and the power that your voice has, that your thoughts have, that your actions have. Not only directly in a visible way where you can either be kind and compassionate and enthusiastic and encouraging of the people around you, but also energetically that as we think and feel and speak, we are creating an energetic vibration. And as we know, vibrations tune to each other. So just like a radio, if you're tuning to a certain FM station, you're going to get the music that comes from that FM station. If you start to think that your mind is like that, That as you speak positive things, as you say encouraging things to others and to yourself, you are tuning into that frequency, which is bringing more of that to you. And gossip is one of those things that brings it right down into negativity. We don't have control of everybody else. We don't have control of other people's lives. And it can be very different to have a conversation with somebody where you're sharing facts versus sharing gossip. And you can also have a conversation where you're processing your emotions, and you can be talking about somebody else and those emotions that you're processing. But you can be mindful of really holding that space where the conversation is about you and your feelings And how you need to work on it, how you could be more clear in what you have to say, how you can understand maybe more where they're coming from, instead of spending the time gossiping or speaking poorly about somebody else whom you have no control over. So being impeccable with our word can lift people up or can tear people down. And sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes we don't even realize that maybe a greeting that we have for somebody when we first see them at the very beginning of the day, how you speak to your husband, the first thing that comes out of your mouth or your kids or your coworkers, that that affects their whole being. an uh, uplifted, enlivened hello with kindness can really, really start off a day or a conversation with a tone. And then if we have low energy, or we're not really being connected, that we've already set the intention of that conversation. So be impeccable with your word. Next is don't take anything personally. He reads, nothing others do is because of you. Okay, I'm going to read that again, because that doesn't seem to be how we operate in the world, right? Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Now, this may seem simple, again, really, really hard to really learn and to apply to our lives. We take everything personally. We take somebody cutting us off in line personally, either on the highway or at a concert or in the line to pick something up. We take it personally as if that person is doing something to us And in our relationships, we take what somebody says, they can be talking about their feelings, their needs, their wants, and what we hear is that they are cutting us down, that we somehow are not doing something right. And it can be so easy to hear somebody say something that really has nothing to do with us, but applying it directly into our hurt center. And if we're going back to energy, what kind of energy is that bringing to you? You are attuning into a low energy. And as soon as someone says something, you take it personally, you have agreed with them. If somebody says that you are not smart enough, you are actually agreeing with them. As soon as you take that personally, you are saying, oh, you're right. I'm not smart enough. And. You don't know exactly what they may be coming from, what their interpretation is, what their expectations are, what their desires are, what their intentions are. But what if you just took it as a fact of something that they said, as if they said, can I give you a red apple? What if we were able to just hear somebody else's words and not process them through the looking glass of our own past hurt and begin to ask questions, begin to be curious to what that means. And we all are allowed our own feelings and our own responses and our own reactions. And sometimes we can get caught up feeling like we need everything to attune to us that for us to be comfortable For us to want it to be a certain way that we want everybody else to come to us to make it be right. What if we didn't do that? What if we didn't take it personally? What if something else is happening and somebody else is doing something and that's not about you? I had kids that did stuff that was crazy. And there were times when I thought, you are doing this, you're trying to be mean to me. And the truth is, they were just stupid kids. They were just making stupid choices. They had no piece of them was thinking, this is going to hurt my mom. They wanted to be with their friends. They wanted to have fun. They wanted to stay out all night. They wanted to do whatever it was. And those lies that they told about it felt like a personal attack to me. And that's not true. This happens so, so often in relationships and work environments and people we don't even know. The next one is another good one. Don't make assumptions. And it reads, find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstanding, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. I know that for most of us, we make assumptions all the time. We are constantly making an assumption of what somebody we think is thinking about us or saying about us or believes about us. If somebody doesn't compliment us on a presentation or something that we've created or something that we worked hard on. The assumption is that they think that it's crap or that they don't care or that we're not worthwhile to make a, some sort of comment on it. That may not be true. We have absolutely no idea what's going on for them. I know that sometimes it can be phone call that doesn't come in or a returned email. And we can just jump into all kinds of assumptions of what that person thinks and feels and believes. In my relationship with my husband, we used to assume greatly what the other person was thinking and saying and doing. And it was a battleground. It was so sad to watch how we weren't willing to have a conversation with each other and ask more questions. We went right to defensiveness right to anger. Immediately, anything that had come up in the past, we drug that up onto the table and it was part of the conversation too. Really, really painful. Because when you're in that place, there's no space to be curious. Because Those assumptions come with all the pain and all the suffering and all the hurt and all the hardship, not only that you've had in this relationship, but every relationship that you've had with every single person, including your parents, including your siblings, including your teachers, all that hurt is in that assumption. But what if we didn't do that? What if somebody could say something hurtful to you and hard? And you could be curious and ask questions. Tell me more about what you're thinking and why you say that. I really want to understand where you're coming from. And then if we apply the one before to not take it personally, what if we could just listen to the words? What if we could see in somebody else's heart and see the vulnerability and the hurt often the fear often, that's really underneath what potentially can be hard, painful, angry conversations or feelings. I know for my husband and I, our new way of communicating, which we've worked really hard on, Friday's our 27th wedding anniversary We've been sober for three and a half years. We've been doing deep, deep, deep soul recovery work now for those three and a half years. Our communication style is like night and day from what it used to be. And we still make assumptions, but we recognize it. And we can say something like, okay, the story I'm telling myself is that you aren't interested in attending this event because you have better things to do and that I don't, that you're not going to support me in it. And that may not be at all what he was saying that he didn't know how important it was to me that I asked him to come and that he attend that he was just thinking it was a, not a big deal. Well, that's his assumption that it was not a big deal. But when we can talk about it and I can say, It would really mean a lot to me if you could come and be a support to me. And he would say, I didn't realize that you needed me there as a support. Of course, I'll be there. That is an entirely different conversation that would have happened in the past where we would have stood on each other's battleground. And I would have been felt completely abandoned and rejected. And he would have felt like, I was demanding too much and that he was just had other things, you know, it just would go south is what it would do. And then we're both just in pain. And then we wouldn't speak to each other for three days. And then it'd be crunchy for another three days. And then a week later, we would just swipe it under the rug and pretend like nothing happened. Not a healthy way to live. So when we talk about it, when we ask curious questions, when we come from a place of not feeling that anger and not feeling the resentment and actually being able to share our feelings, things get worked out in a way that the other person can actually hear you. And you can actually speak in a way that you feel seen and witnessed. Because we're not making assumptions. We're not taking things personally. We're not using our words as weapons. We're being impeccable with our word. And those communication styles, those ways of sort of stepping into relationship could be incredibly altering, incredibly powerful to bring the connection that you desire so much, not only with your, in your romantic relationships, but your work relationships, your friendship relationships. So the last one is, always do your best. And he says, your best is going to change from moment to moment. It'll be different when you're healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best. And you'll avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. I know that I've had to have compassion for myself that when I was mentally not as well in the depths of drinking and control addiction, that sometimes the best I had to offer was not enough. And was I really trying my best or was I in shutdown? Was I really trying to do my best or was I really just afraid and just doing what had to be done the least amount the least resistance. The more that I do this work, the more that I can see that that statement of always doing your best doesn't say be perfect. It doesn't say be perfect every single moment of every single day. In 12-step, we say progress over perfection. And that when we can see ourselves honestly, when we can take responsibility for what's ours, when we can open deeply to how we interact with people, what is our best? What does that look like? Whether it's a conversation, or a meal, or showing up and being 100% present in a situation. And again, I am working on these things every single day. And sometimes I can definitely say that I'm showing up and being my best. And sometimes I can say I'm still in a place of growth and learning and not knowing that I'm in fear, not seeing that I'm in resistance and being in a place where I'm kind of checked out that I'm afraid That I'm cut off, that I'm protected. And we can't go out into the world and expose ourselves to every single person, work, relationship, the grocery store, the doctor's office. We have to know where it's safe. And the safety starts internally, it starts with really working our internal gauge. Of connection with our higher power, with our internal true self, our whole self. And in that, then we can begin to reach out and be impeccable with our word, to not take things personally, to not make assumptions, to do our best. And it doesn't mean that we're exposed, and it doesn't mean that we're vulnerable in a place where we're not going to be safe. It actually means more than ever that we're healthy and whole and authentic and true to our nature, true to our potential self, to our truest, most passionate self. What great tools to put into our spiritual tool bag. And I hope that you'll read this book. He has many other books. So thanks for listening today. and. Let's work on these tools. Let's take them into our world. Let's wake up every day knowing that today is a fresh day. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit our website, recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching and spiritual counseling sessions. Read the blog, not only by Rachel, but other people who are on this journey to recover their soul. Listen to music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive email updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage. By following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast, you are helping to spread the word of Recover Your Soul. We hope you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the private Facebook group to become part of our transformation community.